It's Maddie and Patty, coast to coast. Welcome to a very special quarantine edition of the Cleveland Sports Hour. We are two self-aware but unapologetic homers who spend far too much time watching, reading, and thinking about the Cavs, the Tribe, and the Browns. So if you like the informed, intelligent Cleveland fans' perspective on all things, you've come to the right place. In New York, sheltering in place, this is world champion Pat McMenamin. From Martial Law in San Francisco, I am joined by fellow world champion Matt Youngner. Say hello, champion. Hey, Patty, how you doing, buddy? Good, Matty. How you holding up? You know, we got food. <laughs> Going slowly insane, but <laughs> slowly. We've got time. Uh, we got weeks. Yeah. We got weeks to oh, go fully insane. Oh, to, to full insanity. Long road ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, Long NBA, dangerous road ahead. The NBA season suspended. Opening day Ugh. postponed. Training camps months away. And there are there were so many incredible storylines going with the Cavs, the, the oh, tribe, yeah. and the Browns, and uh, I, I haven't paying attention to any of them, Maddie. I have no idea what's going on or what was going on before this all happened. So your introduction was a lie, Patty. A complete lie. I have no idea what's going on. I, you know, like we're we're one Cleveland sports fan who spends far too much time thinking, reading, and watching. This is Cleveland true. Sports. I'm spending an appropriate t- amount right now. It, and you. <laughs> me, yeah. me. No, All listen, right. Listen, people are freaking out about no sports, but I have I've been there for weeks already, my friend. <laughs> the Cavs have been garbage all season long. The t- Tribe are busy blowing Frankie Lindor's prime, and the Browns are the Browns. I've been spending quality time with my family, so I'm gonna have to lean heavily on you here today. Oh, I'm I'm gonna get to talk today. Patty. You might this even get great. to say a few things, maybe even fifty fifty. Make it fifty percent. We're doing this early on the East Coast. So you're not drunk yet. This is great. Oh, hold on. Let me let me. There we go. Oh, oh no. Mm. <laughs> there goes my shot. Uh, <laughs> you had a chance and you blew it, man. <laughs> uh, all right, so one special announcement first before we get underway. Uh, uh, this is a good idea, I think, that will help keep us from going completely insane. Uh, next Saturday night, March 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern, the Cleveland Sports Hour is proposing a communal screening of Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals. Ooh, Patty, I like that. Mm, so... I hope to see you all there. Let us all know if you're watching, and we'll uh, we'll watch together and uh, just relive what it's and like Pat- to become a champion again. And Patty, I'm pretty sure the NBA has made their archives available through League Pass now for everybody, Ooh. which means it should be free. I think it should be free for everybody to watch the game. Look at that, Maddie! News you can use. Yeah, that I think is- I think that's true. We'll confirm it for everybody, but I'm pretty point. sure. Love it. Uh, and if it, and if not, it's like three bucks on iTunes or Amazon. It's super easy to buy. Uh, yes, I, I, and that's to own forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> I mean, can you put a price on forever? Uh, not, no. Nope. Mm. Cannot, Patty. Cannot. Patty, can I ask you a question before we get into sports? Yes, absolutely. Do you think it's weird that they called that promotional song that started our episode off Indian Fever rather than Indians Fever? Yeah. And I know that's a small distinction, but it's an interesting one because Indian fever sounds mm-hmm. like something that the president would be talking about if the this virus had a slightly different point that's of origin. True. Indians fever is my excitement about, about the Cleveland the, Indians, ba- the, the Cleveland yes. baseball team. The so, for runs, instance, the double plays. 
that flurry of signings the Browns did. And I said, I'm coming down with a serious case of Browns fever. I didn't say Brown fever, which again sounds like something that the president might say. Yes. About this current virus. Interesting choice by them. Very. I mean, Indians fever in its own right is slightly problematic and you're getting slightly more problematic by calling the Indian. The Indian fever. (laughs) That's like an Indian summer. I was going to enjoy my Indian summer, but I had Indian fever. And so was stuck inside. I, you know, it was a different time when that was it, created. It, it, it was a different time, and uh, now we're catching it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, all right. Let's talk sports. Let's talk sports. So quickly, the rundown for for today. We'll, we'll go through the leagues chronologically, starting with the NBA interrupted and how a Cavs fan should feel and what the hell the Cavs were doing at the end of the year. Uh, then how the delayed start for baseball impacts the Indians and whatever the fuck the Browns are doing. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great, Patty. All right, well, let's get into it. So uh, what was your reaction to how the NBA season got suspended in the first place? I mean, that that escalated quickly. That was going from conversations about playing in front of uh, no fans uh, to all of a sudden the NBA players were they were announcing COVID infections during the, before an actual game. Yeah. And evacuating an arena, and then the season was canceled. All happened like within two hours. Insane. Real fast, and honestly, it sounds silly, maybe, but that was one of the things that happened where I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to take this whole thing very seriously. Like, there honestly was a day where I was thinking at my job that I was going to be like, that sort of business is normal, and maybe I'll be locked up and, you know, working from home for a week, but that'll be about it. And that was one of the dominoes. That, it was honestly that day and Tom Hanks getting COVID on the same day. Same day. And then within that same like hour of that announcement, the president gave that weird uh, press conference where he bumbled three different policy announcements, including <laughs> yeah, yeah. including what the travel restrictions were. So people were like panicking in airports, not realizing that, that the details yeah. were different. <laughs> it, all- the, the, yeah, that really jumped a notch. I I said this uh, on our group that I think, but that in retrospect, it was obvious that that. Um, they were going to have to cancel play because as soon as a player got it, it would spread like wildfire. I mean, the, the rates of transmission they're talking about in public are one thing, but if you're playing a basketball game and act like it's, it's not just Anderson Vergeau that breathes on people during <laughs> basketball games, that's everybody. Oh my God. So as soon as any one player or player's family member, honestly tested positive, they were going to have to shut it down. And you can see that with the rates of transmission. I mean, how many NBA players do we know now that have it? It's, a dozen, fifteen. That's crazy. And how many of them were able to get tests is another funny thing, uh, or interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, given the fact that you know, like I have you know employees that I work with that have like you know breathing issues and they, and they can't even get the test. It's ridiculous. But um, but speaking of you've the, seen you've seen that meme where it's uh, <laughs> if you're an average person, the best way to find out if you have COVID is to go cough in a rich person's face and wait for them to get tested. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> can drop NBA player into there very, very easily. Yeah, that is uh, that is rough. Uh, but that, but you're right. No, so so fast oh. and uh, tremendous uncertainty where it leaves the season. But before yeah. before we get into that though, uh, your your point about like the transmission transmission rate amongst players who are sweating and playing and you know, it got me thinking like who do you think? I mean, I know Rudy Gobert was the was, Rudy Gobert was the uh, the first to test positive, but like. Mm-hmm. Which player in the NBA would be most like most likely to pay, to be patient zero in terms of uh, their personal hygiene habits and like like I, I I would for example point to any mouth breathing player, you know like uh, like the uh, like the Gasols 
Well, more mm-hmm. Pau Gasol, those mouth-breathing Spaniards, you know, like I wouldn't want to. That that's someone who I would look at being like you're 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 a locus point of uh, of uh, of contagion. That's funny. Hygiene is one. It does like it does feel like the Europeans tend to get the the rap as the poor hygiene guys in the league. <laughs> um, my mind went to uh, like the strip the guy the strip club guys uh, like <laughs> yes, Harden. Yes. 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 I was gonna say if J.R. Smith was still playing, we're you know, throwing soup around to people. That, that's, that's yeah, that's problematic. <laughs> uh, but I think you're right. If we're if if this is not it's not an STD, that's not what we're looking for. Yeah. It's not who's spreading chlamydia around the league. <laughs> then uh, I think you're right. It's the 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 Spaniards. The Spaniards, those mouth breathing Spaniards. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Um, I think that's the right call. All right, well, so tell me what you think about how the rest of the season is going to go. I mean, what, what's the, what's your preferred uh, way to finish the season versus also what you think is likely? Is it going to be canceled outright? Is the regular season done? Or, like, how, how is it going to work out? Yeah, it's the dominoes are pretty fascinating. Um, everything I've read suggests that Silver wants to get something in mm-hmm. um, and is willing to be pretty creative uh, to get there, and by creative, I guess I mean all options are on the table. So games without fans, mm-hmm. playing in neutral sites, essentially quarantining the league or the playoff teams, if that's what we get to, wow. in like a specific zone, shortening playoff series. It seems clear to me, I don't think there's going to be time to get um, any regular season games in. Like the idea that we're going to finish a regular season feel, or even a, an abbreviated regular season feels pretty impossible to me. Yeah. How many, how many games do we have left? 20 something. There was that many 20. I, 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 I think so. To the end of that. Um, Cause we would have been playing for another three weeks after this. It's three and a half games a week. We missed a week and a half of action. It's something like that. Well, so that, that wouldn't be 20 games. That'd be like nine or 10, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe my math's off a little bit, but I'm pretty sure it was in. It's in that range. Okay. It's a, it's a lot. It yeah. would take it would take time. You know, I, I presume they need some time to ramp up and get ready to play again. Mm-hmm. Guys have been in lockdown and themselves. I don't know how much training guys are able to do. Right. You know, there's talk for a while that facilities were going to remain open and players could sort of come in and get shots up and work out in shifts. But I'm pretty sure that's gone by the wayside. Totally. Um. So they need some time. I mean, late May feels like the absolute earliest things could start. Not to step on our baseball segment, but I think June is the earliest they're talking about baseball baseball games getting back going. So whatever you do, I think they think would have to go extend into the summer, which would delay the start of next season, which means maybe you're looking at an abbreviated season, like the strike season from X years ago. I mean, the other thing is the NBA has seriously been considering delaying the start of their season anyway and pushing the like pushing the championship into July, basically. Right. And then pushing back free agency. So they'd sort of try to really own the dead months of the summer, which poor baseball that that's just dead months. But it is. Yeah. Um, and then avoid football as much as possible. That's smart. So this might be the excuse for them to just do that if the season gets delayed some amount and then we get in, you know, and then they delay the the start of the season into December, then they're just off and running with that new plan. I also wonder, I mean, do they do something? I mean, they were just talking about, uh, like seriously talking about major changes to the playoff format in general anyways. 
like mm-hmm. eliminating East versus Western Conference, uh, the idea of uh, mid-season tournaments, like in you know in, in global you know soccer, playing uh, for the bottom few seeds. Exactly. I yeah. got to imagine this huge disruption uh, in the normal order of things is going to make all of that easier to implement because people aren't going to have any objections now because everything's just weird, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it really is an opportunity to just try some shit, which is yeah. sort of interesting. Yeah, that's um, cool. You know, that's something I wonder if in lieu of a regular season, if they do a plan. Because, like, the East was pretty much set, uh, the playoff teams. But the West, there was intrigue at the bottom of that. Memphis was starting to pull away a little bit, and I don't think they would have been caught but, you know, would you like to see Zion play again? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you could probably do a play-in with the, the bottom. That would be fantastic. Uh, but you'd only want it to be for the eight seed, I think, because there was a yeah. huge gap between the seven, you know, like Dallas and Houston. They, but they should, and, yeah. They should as, as, a, as a way of uh, uh, compensating the teams that had ten more games left or whatever to get back into the playoffs. So you could do a four-team playoff with, like, the Grizzlies, uh, the Pelicans, the Blazers, and the Kings, probably. Mm-hmm. So I could see something like that happening, um, but that's about it in terms of non-quote-unquote playoff play, and then you'd have to get right into it. Yeah. I Honestly, that feels, like, unlikely to yeah. me now. They might just cut it off and just say, that's it. Yeah. I mean, if we're t- if we're talking about ten to twelve weeks of lockdown, then we're you know then we're into a zone. Unless they do something, in, you know, like at this point, you're talking about like having Richard Branson give you his island that <laughs> constructing a basketball court that you could televise, you know, like seriously, something like that where you're isolating players. And their families, I guess. That is that. insanely dystopian. A special uh, rich person's island where, where the, yeah. <laughs> the NBA playoffs will be played. Yeah. <laughs> in, in silent, empty gyms. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, a, you know, I, I was, listen, on the list of things to get upset about, none no, of the sports no, no. stuff is, is obviously we're in that, we're in that zone. It's like the, the corollary to the kill list. We're not really trying to kill anybody, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> None of this is really no, a problem, exactly. but but um, no, but I, what I would think is also interesting is next season. Like they're going to have to start late. I mean, first of all, they're going to have to do like a, a training camp period before the playoffs again. They're going to have to have time to play together before they start playing the games again. Uh, and then on top of that, obviously the start of next season is going to be delayed. I wonder if they just do a super short like thirty game season with the mid season tournaments as being, and then just go into the playoffs. Like just do a yeah. super short season. Because a lot of, you know, coming back in the fall, and this is going to affect football too, also banks on there not being like a bump up in in flu transmission in the fall that we're trying to avoid too, right? right? Exactly. Which, you know, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, obviously, but like the, everything I've read suggests that that's, a, that's usually the pattern with flus like this, is that, mm-hmm. that you have a period now, it dies down over the summer, and then can come roaring back in the fall. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something. We um, so who knows expect. how that would play? I I agree. Like next season is not is not going to be normal. I don't see if there's any way for that to happen. No, yeah, definitely not. Um, well, so Maddie, let's maybe talk about the Cavs. Um, what was happening to the Cavs at the, at the end of the season? Do we really have you know, uh, Andre Drummond? Does that does that happen? It's it's real. It's real, and it's super weird. It's that this Cavs season was an enormous disappointment for me. I know you you oh, had yeah. tuned out, but I was I was in on it because I liked um, I liked the players on this team. Yeah. Even coming even coming into the year, uh, I, I remember sharing that with you a lot. I was like, you know, they're not going to be good this year, 
but it's a bunch of guys, like good guys who I think want to play together. The malcontents were basically gone. Um, right. And like, okay, they're not going to win a lot, but they're going to play hard. They should be fun. We should see growth from players. There's rookies who are, should get better over the course of the year. And Jesus, man, John Beeline. That's terrible. <laughs> none of that None of that worked. They were not a fun group of guys to watch. All of a sudden, it felt like a team full of malcontents yeah. and not good guys. Like um, Kevin Love was, was, was acting out and being real wild, which is very a, uncharacteristic. A lot. Like, not what I anticipated from him at all. They were getting worse as the season went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely no improvement to my eyes from like Darius Garland. Sexton looked like he'd regressed a little bit in some ways. Yeah. Um, you know, Porter felt like a bright spot, but even that wasn't yeah wasn't being being utilized properly. There's no inventiveness, and I have to say, it feels like Beeline was the problem. Not that the Cavs were going to be like a playoff team or something, but like the hope I had before the season of like a group of guys that would work and play hard and be in games and lose a lot more than they win, but like be a competent team that looks like it's improving just sort of like a regular bad team rather than the dumpster fire that they were the, the team that's getting blown out at home by the warriors G league team, right? Like that's, that kind of stuff was inexcusable. That really feels like it changed totally uh, with Bickerstaff taking over. I was just going to say the, the, the last couple weeks of the, of the season before uh, uh, it was shut down, it sounded like that, that all had changed. They're playing 500 ball. Um, again, not like a good team. They're going to lose more than they won, but they were winning some playing much better. He was doing inventive things. The three big lineup he was playing with, with Nance at small forward that it felt like he sort of stumbled into as this game, they were getting blown out by the heat. And at the beginning of the fourth quarter started playing that lineup and just worked. So this is and crazy. he's try- and he's gone back to it like he's willing to try stuff. So this is crazy, Matty. Because I mean, I-, I should have been paying a lot of attention towards the end of the year, given that I was starting four calves on my fantasy team uh, by the end of the year. But uh, when I was watching the uh, the games, uh, when I did watch them, I kept seeing this three big lineup of Love, Nance, and uh, TT, and yeah. you would not think that was. I- I've never seen anything like that in any way that works, and yeah. it was working. It's like a new play on small ball because none of them are traditional like centers per se. They're all slightly undersized for center, but they're they're basically all it's like th- starting three power forwards basically. Yeah, uh, and Nance Nance's flexibility on like he can handle most mm-hmm. small forwards mm-hmm. at least reasonably. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but Zach Lowe had an abbreviate. You know, he does his ten things I like and don't like. Oh yeah, column. Did he say, have anything to say about this? He had an abbreviated five things I like and don't like, and this this was number three actually was the yeah. Cavs three big. Um, which he really like, he, he sort of endorsed. Yeah. Um, it seemed to work. But the, the, I mean, it clearly, I mean, it worked in the Miami game. Every time I watched those three bigs, they were always crushing, doing well. Mm-hmm. It's a really, like, you know, I'd love to see the plus minuses on it, uh, uh, or the adjusted plus minus, but like, it seemed like, uh, or what, what it's not the plus minus, what's it called again? Net, uh, net rating. I think the net rating mm-hmm. would have been nice to see, but yeah, it yeah. seemed like it was really effective. It, uh, it, you know, and it's not something you can do all the time or, in a sustained way necessarily, but at the right moments, it's what, and that's what it seems like um, Bickerstaff was willing to do is sort of try things, try things, play a hot hand. He sort of stumbled into some, I don't think that was his intention. I think he stumbled into it in a blowout, but it worked and he's went back to it. Um, The guys clearly are playing harder and better. Sexton has been to my mind, like a pretty competent basketball player. He's got his limitations still, but 
he's a guy that's going to have an NBA career. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, Maddie, that, that three big lineup that t- always did well, it tended to not include Andre Drummond. So uh, they did it with Drummond too, actually. And the the Miami one where it started was without him. I think he was out that game. Oh, interesting. Uh, but subsequent versions had him. Now, generally, I would say I have not been a fan of Andre Drummond uh, in this in this his his brief time with the Cavs. Um, it seems weird. Like we have those three bigs that are great, and I want to get them a lot of time. If you add Andre Drummond to the mix, they're not getting enough time. I feel like. No, and it seems you know there's been enough injuries. Uh, since it happened, that it sort of worked out, right? And hasn't hasn't been a problem. But yeah, for sure. Like going into next season, it seems pretty clear that TT is going to be gone. Oh, man. Uh, which is, I know, it's I'm I have some some heartache with that. Would you that. rather have Drummond or TT? Well, I think Drummond's going to, especially now that there's no no more games, he's going to opt into that money, whatever it is, twenty five, twenty six million that for he's sure. due next year. Although, he's but if we. It's a good expiring contract, then. It's a pretty expensive expiring contract, right? Yeah, an expiring contract that we could move if we want to take on more money, which I think they've been pretty smart about do, flipping assets just to take on more money, Jeremy. That's essentially what they did. Uh, well, they didn't really get any assets for him, I guess. But that's what they're, they've been trying to do generally with their expirings. Um, this will be a test for this front office. Yeah. Uh, if they sign him to a, to a big money extension, the kind of money he thinks he gets, which is close to max money, then I... Yeah. That's a an enormous an enormous red flag to me. He's just not like Drummond is a good player yeah. um, who has good qualities, but in this NBA, he is mm-hmm. not a max player. Yeah, just is not. And if they're resigning him to something more modest, yep. Okay, like you could talk me into that. And more modest means like twelve to fifteen million a year, which he's not going to like to hear at all. Nope. But if there's another team that's willing to give him a max, you gotta you gotta let him go. Absolutely. You just have to. And even if you're not getting anything back for him, saddling yourself with that contract is an enormous, enormous mistake. Um, so, I th- yeah, I think that'll be the first big test for, for, for this front office in a year. Another big question I have for you, Maddie, is, I mean, you know, we talk, touched a little bit on how young Bull uh, Sexton was kind of regressing early this year. Uh, but he seemed to pick it up again. I mean, we, we, we have two years of very aggressive play from him like very aggressive that's one thing mm-hmm. about him he's very aggressive uh i think he has poor shot selection but even with his poor shot selection like i think i think he has very close to a one-to-one ratio on blocked shots i mean his shots that were blocked and assists mm-hmm. yeah that's incredible he's he has almost as many shots blocked as uh, as assists which is just yeah. unbelievable he gets blocked like two two or three times a game with terrible shots that said, he still has a decent shooting percentage, I think, by the end of the year. Which Very good shooting percentage, really, actually. There's something really promising there in him as a scoring guard. Um, but, like, how do you feel about him versus Darius Garland? Darius Garland, to me, from my view, I'll take just my observations from the year, he always looked like he had all the skill sets in the world to be an amazing, like, potential all-star type player. Certainly a higher ceiling than, uh, uh, young, than, than Sexton, but... He doesn't have the killer instinct at all. He defers too much and seems way too tentative. Maybe that's just age, but that's my one concern with him is that he's just not going to be that aggressive player that he should be with his skill set. Yeah, it's it's a worry. He his shooting was not what it was forecast to be, to be. Yeah, ever. Uh, you know the the read on him, the like the the standard read is that he's coming off that injury in college. 
maybe was never fully healthy for this year or to the point where he really trusted his body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's sort of what everybody's hope is that he'll, they'll get through this rookie year and that's what it is. And then he'll come back next year, stronger, wiser, more confident in his body. Um, and hopefully I, I don't, I tend to agree with the read that he and Sexton probably shouldn't be on the court together. Yeah. Well, and that if Garland's going to progress into a legitimate NBA starting, you know, let alone all-star, but just the starting point guard in the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, then Sexton's role is going to be off the bench. Yeah. Uh, which is not a, a bad thing, right? Like there's, there's Definitely need, not. you know, it's, if we're saying they could have had, um, Gilgis Alexander instead of him, which we could have, and that's the point of comparison, then he suffers for it. But I don't, I don't want to take that too far and read Sexton is not a, a viable NBA player who could help a winning team. Right. Think, I think he can. It seems like that's probably going to be in a bench role, though, in separating him and, and Garland. Do you think Sexton and Garland have a, have a future together on the Cavs long term or no? I think the, I think they can both play together. I just don't think they can be in the starting lineup together or most lineups together. Yeah. And interestingly, I think the guy that we have that could make that work might be Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who is like, you know, if, if you're. If you've still been following Cavs Twitter at all, Patty, you know he is he is the guy. Darling, yes, I love him. The, the, the Cavs Twitter is all about. Um, he's been, I mean, from the beginning, his first moments on the court, I felt like he was always doing things. He fouls like crazy. He is a foul. His fouls per minute have to be up near the yeah. top of the league. Yeah. Um, but he's active. He's trying stuff. He's a really good passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a little bit of funkiness to his game that I like. Um, and he's, he's big and, and is a good defender. feels like a good defender to me, certainly, um, watching him out there. Uh, so I think he's the guy actually that, that could start play with both of those guys play with off with the ball, off the ball with either of them that might sort of be the thing that, that unlocks the ability to have both those guys on a team and have each of them get, get real minutes. Well, you know me, if, if I'm not actually watching the Cavs, I'm certainly watching the Cavs on Twitter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so I did follow at least that much. <laughs> you know, the other thing I was sad about this year is that Windler never came around, and there's oh, people that no. want to pin that on Beeline for overplaying him during summer league, and, right. and you know, I'm my brother, the radiologist, poo pooed that one, uh, yeah. saying that he's young and should have come back. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful that that's a guy that would be really useful for us too. A great shooter, um, Who's and a big foot, dude who can just yeah, sort of do some seven, stuff out there. Eight. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he can he can guard some big guys and and hit crazy threes from every which angle hopefully gets a lot of got a lot of rebounds yeah i'm i'm excited to have him back so you know we're gonna go into next year with again interesting parts i mean i we're gonna lose tt i think that's almost for certain which is uh sad and will hurt us yeah honestly hurt the product on the court um but then it's a lot of young guys plus plus love and and uh drummond so i i don't know i'm i'm you know, I'm always a Cavs optimist. I find a reason and a way to do this every year. I love it. Um, but the turnaround under Bickerstaff, getting again, I have worries about the front office. Drummond will be a test. Beeline was a test that they failed. I don't know. Like, I want somebody to ask that question specifically. There's, you know, the rush is to, to pin that on uh, on Gilbert, well, and, and and for good reason. I get that. You know the, yeah, the reading was, that we've was done Kobe is that it was interviewing another candidate when Dan decided to make the hire, and oh, he's from Michigan too. It's like, come on, it, it yeah, it was Dan Gilbert. You know the Gansey, who's the assistant GM, played for Beeline at West Virginia. So mm. there's some, I, you know, I don't know where blame lies there exactly. 
mm-hmm. but uh ugh. you know and i was i sort of wish they'd just made Bickerstaff in term and then gone into the like had a, a legitimate Real coaching search, search during yeah. the year. Yeah. Although the counterpoint on that I've seen from Cavs Twitter on that is why, why don't we just lock in a guy we feel okay about rather than opening up another coaching search and having Gilbert put his hands on the scale <laughs> again point. and what you know like if you're the front office and you're like I can just get this done. Don't, don't tempt fate. Just yeah. <laughs> just keep Gilbert out of it. Yeah. That, and that, that's you know Bickerstaff has had not success uh going from interim to starting coach in both houston and in and in memphis um you know i don't know i'm willing to I, he's he's been good for the 10 games he coached so so we'll so, see godspeed uh uh staff um do, do you have any thoughts about the draft I, I i read some reports a while back and i can't really remember i know it's i got none i mean one. you know the the other thing we lost was march madness which is where i oh dip God, in and start yeah. to pay a that's little right, attention to right. college <laughs> basketball <laughs> i have no idea at least three yeah I, I watch almost no college basketball now and what i would know would be you know what i'm reading from prognosticators and and the experts coming into the NBA draft, so I got no idea. Yeah, likewise. I have heard that it's a very not great draft, but yeah, it's get, not not supposed to be a good one. But if we can get in the top three, we sh- we have a chance of getting uh, you know somebody impactful. And I know our track it's our track record our track record is not great on that of finding the diamonds in the rough. Although well, maybe with Kevin Porter this year, we'll we'll see. It's too early. Um, but it'd be nice if we could get somebody in the small forward range that could be. Uh, a long-term impact piece out of this draft. You don't kid. You don't consider uh, your boy Chetty uh, a diamond Ch- in the rough, Patty. I, lo- I love Chetty, but I mean, he's one. He's gorgeous. <laughs> Drop dead gorgeous. Uh, and no, he's a great piece to have. He's a great rotation player, and that's where he needs to be. I think when you're asking him, yeah, he's like be, a ninth or tenth man on a yeah, good team. You know, and, yeah. but no, but he's a great. He's a he's a really useful rotation piece. I think even potentially on a playoff team. I just don't think you need him to be. Uh, you know, no, he's not your starting your small players. forward. Yeah, you don't want him to be no. a small, starting small forward, but he 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 would give you great minutes on the bench, energy minutes. You know, the, the bearish out role a little bit, but in a small forward's body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I no, like I think I, I agree with you. They uh, they need stars. I'll be interested this year to see if like if they keep doing the um, just pick the best player regardless of fit thing. I, yeah. You know, which is sort of what they did with Garland with exactly. Sexton there already, which I didn't disagree with. I think. They were at a point, and probably are still at a point. We just take the player you think is going to be the best, yeah, and, and sort have, it out later. I just hope, yeah, you have to do that, and you just hope that that player happens to be a small forward, <laughs> or 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 in that range of, of player. But like, yeah, yeah. I would take anyone really. really. They need wings yeah. badly. Yeah, yeah. I say so, forward, yeah, wing, wing is really what we need for sure. Yes, um, I, you know, drafting a center that high is probably not a good idea. Period, unless it's a, a generational talent. Um, if, I don't know, is, is Zion a center? I don't know what Zion is, right? It's not exactly a wing. Whatever he is, if one of those comes around, sure. But we don't need point guards, and at that point, it's it's wings. Yeah. So, yeah, Absolutely. agreed. I think that's the hope, is that the best player there is, is a wing. All right, should we move on to baseball? Yeah, the only the last thing I'll say is I do have a little LeBron sadness if this season oh, is lost. Yeah, you know, actually, uh, I had a line about MVP. I mean, he was putting himself back in the conversation there towards the end of the season. Yeah, very much back in the conversation with those wins over the the Bucks and the Clippers. Giannis was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Giannis was still in pole position, but LeBron had had closed the gap considerably. Yeah, uh, and really? I I am still rooting for LeBron. I would have rooted for him to win MVP. I probably yeah. would have been rooting for the Lakers to win the championship. Quite honestly, yep. as yep. icky as that sounds, uh, uh, oh, um, for sure. 
for sure I was rooting for the, the Lakers, which is a gross thing to have to say, but that's what that's what the strange times of LeBron leaving you a second time after yeah. bringing you the championship. Again, if LeBron had given us a championship and left the first time, I'd probably have been fine with him on the Heat. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have been angry. It was no, it, was, it would have been a different thing. I yeah, agree, absolutely. And now I look back, you know, and I'm able to appreciate the games he played with the Heat um, because he brought me the championship. So yeah. Yeah, that that'll be. I really do hope that the the playoffs resume because I really do want to see LeBron um, get another title. Yeah, I mean, I love basketball. I'd like to see some <laughs> yeah, some basketball one basketball. way or another. Uh, however, they do it. I'm not. I am not optimistic. Is as final word on the subject. Interesting. But so you, think, you think there's a real strong chance they just cancel the whole season and clean the playoffs? I think so. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, let's hope not. Uh, I would take even a shortened playoff uh, run uh, uh, over over no playoffs at all, uh, and have, yeah. it be, have it be an asterisk championship. Fine, call it that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, this is in this is extraordinary circumstances, yeah, and sure. you get in what you can get in, and it'll be what it is. I agreed. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk. Let's start with who we think the biggest winners of the coronavirus uh, outbreak uh, are. Our, our friend Grant Keating uh, 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 pointed this out yesterday. Got to be the Houston Astros, right? Oh, I think. I mean, if it's not uh, stockholders in Zoom <laughs> teleconferencing stock, yeah, and like whoever's making uh, sanitizer, yeah, yeah, like boy, because they were ready to catch so much shit with the start These of the season. Man, I was looking forward to it. Oh my god, they were already getting plunked at a high uh, rate in the in, in spring training. Uh, to the point where you know their new, their new manager had to had to to go cry uh, <laughs> to the reporters, you know, leave Brittany alone. Uh, <laughs> please stop plunking our hitters. Let's move on, even though my players haven't actually fully apologized because they're all a bunch of arrogant motherfuckers that know they stole a championship. I, I still to this day, I I'm still furious that Rob Manfred hasn't done the right fucking thing and restrict and and pull the the title from them. Oh, you think like, you should have avoided it? Absolutely. That would end the problems. That would, People would stop plunking them if they knew they got the appropriate punishment, which is to take the title from them. They deserve it to be taken away, and it, needs to, it still needs to fucking happen. It is interesting how angry other players are. Like that In a way be, that yeah. feels bigger than, than um, steroids to me. A- absolutely. This is a completely not okay, not enough reaction from, the, from MLB. To, to to just to just hit the the manager and the in the in uh, the, the the GM. Just, well, it seems like that was something that was negotiated with the players' union ahead of time. Was yeah. right? Was that players you participate in the investigation and you'll get you'll get immunity essentially, right? right, right. Like that's the deal they struck. Yeah, I don't need them to be suspended um, per se, but th- there needs to be a real consequence and a cost to them, and there isn't one right now except social uh, uh, isolation, basically. Yeah. Uh, oh man, yeah, God, thinking about the Houston Astros just gets me so fucking <laughs> You're right, though. I think by the time baseball starts, assuming baseball starts, which as we just it? discussed, I think that's June at, a, at the earliest, is what because talk about that's another group that's going to need a spring, tra- like they're going to need a couple weeks, yeah, yeah, uh, another spring training, number two, to get to get up and running. Um, you know, like I think my what I've read is position players are sort of ready to go and don't even really need much of a spring training, but, the pitchers, but pitchers, yeah. pitchers really do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's June at the earliest, but yeah, I like, are we even going to be thinking about it? There's going to be so much like patriotic shit going yeah, so on with base be- in a good way, in yeah. a good way, but it'll, for those of us with hate in our hearts, but, it'll, but, it'll, yeah, to, to borrow that some of that. from you, Maddie, uh, uh, there's, there's, the Astros are definitely going to be deploying a hefty amount of mature game here. Oh, oh yeah. And it's going to be insufferable. 
It's like, yeah. guys, can we just, you know, focus on the things that really matter? This is ridiculous to still be yeah. focusing on this stuff. Oh, fuck them. I'm going to find a way to still be angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I got room in my heart for that kind of hate. <laughs> I got news for you, Patty. Trevor Bauer is out there holding the torch for you on this one. God oh, bless man. him. Life, lifelong Indian, Trevor Bauer. Oh, God. He's, he's, he's he'll, he'll make us proud. Yes, yes, I, I, I have a feeling. And, and his boy, uh, Clevenger, man. He's he's leader of the pack for the Indians for people that are mad about it. Uh, yeah, no, Clevenger has been like been off the hook. All right, wait, one second, what's up, bud? Hello? Um, yes. We're going at two. Okay. We'll be done. Yeah, yeah we got half an hour. Cool. I'll make an edit. Um, Cut you out of this podcast. Uh, you don't belong in this podcast. <laughs> Boys only, Becca. Boys only. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let me put a little note here what time that was. 37 minutes. Uh, shit, what were we just talking about? Astros. Uh, Clevenger being pretty yes. upset about it. Uh, I love how Clevenger has taken the reins uh, from Bauer and just been aggressive into the Astros. It's yeah. just been a beautiful thing to watch. Leadership. He's, he's mad. He's somebody that got lit up in that playoff series. Because remember, they were now again. I think they were better than us in that series, and we didn't (laughs) like. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have much of a prayer, uh, but he's got pride and he's mad, and they lit him up pretty decent, as I recall. But the thing is, they lit up all of our pitchers, and they laid off every single like like curveball pitch. Like all all, our our team was really good. Our staff was particularly good at the off ball, uh, off speed, excuse me, pitches, and they Mm -hmm. lit off all the fucking off speed shit. They never fell for it. It was a little bit fucking suspicious. Yeah, and I remember the players saying at the time they were just they had an advantage that we didn't have. Do you remember that? An advantage. They had an advantage we didn't have. Like they all they were all speaking in code to this shit. So even though yeah, yes, they were more talented than us, we probably had no chance. It's hard to say because they were really talented to begin with. Yes, I agree with you. Probably more talented than us, but like they had this advantage baked in all fucking times. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they're much better. That's what makes it unbeatable. It's funny looking back on that series because I remember the players saying that and people read it as like, is that an indictment of the Indians front office? Are they saying that our analytics aren't as good as the Astros analytics? And like they were, they knew something and what they knew was something that they'd unveil, like reveal to themselves through research. Oh no, 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 no. They were cheating and everybody knew it. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, all right. Everyone keep hate alive. Keep hitting yeah. the Houston Astros. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. So we move on to the tribe uh, and, and how this impacts them. I got to say, this is a huge uh, – uh, uh, the second most uh, – uh, so we're talking about the baseball. The Astros clearly benefited more than any other team from the coronavirus. But the Indians might be a close second given the fact that we had injuries to Clevenger, Mercado, Carrasco. Uh, the new guy, Clace, that we got uh, yep. uh, in the Kluber, in the Kluber deal. Lakeland too. Like, all yep. these guys were seriously hurt and were definitely going to miss opening day. Yeah. Uh, and now they, they're going to be healed by that time. I mean, there's time for more injuries, of course. But <laughs> but that was, I think, I think this is one good positive thing for the Indians out of the COVID. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that helps them. I mean, getting, to me, getting out of um, shitty cold weather days at the beginning of the season in Cleveland is a yeah. good thing, too. Definitely. Um for the players and the fans, I think that's a blessing. I gotta tell you, I was talking myself into this Indians team. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like you know, we were so worried about um, their lineup in the outfield, but all of a sudden, 
you go through it. The infield, you got to feel pretty good about, right? Yeah. It feels like Ramirez is going to bounce back, and you feel confident about that. Frankie is Frankie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santana should come, come close, maybe not as good as last year, but she could come pretty close. Hernandez, their new second baseman, is going to be an upgrade over what Kipnis was yeah. last year. I feel very good. All four switch hitters, mm-hmm. I feel very good about that. Perez behind the plate, feel very good about his offense's defense, certainly. Yeah. Mercado, I feel solid Great. about yeah. in the outfield. And then Reyes was crushing this sprint. <laughs> I'm ready for him to come out Bloody and milk. like him hitting 45 to 50 home runs this year was not out of the question. Right. And then and then the last outfield spot uh, who we got left. To see who and then well. you and then it's a and then I think you're platooning Luplo out there who was really crushing lefties mm-hmm. last year. Yep. Um Domingo Santana who they signed mm-hmm. uh you know took a flyer on who will DH mostly, then hopefully have a little bit of a bounce back. And then the Shields, who I don't the love, is, is supposedly going to yeah. roll out there. And there I'm hoping that somebody emerges from all, like, yeah. that Naquin can come back and replicate what he was doing last year, that uh, Bauer maybe will do something. Oh, Bowers, God, excuse Bowers, me. Yeah. Jake Bowers. Um, that Zimmer could come back and show a little something. Zimmer. You know, like, there's... So maybe they got somebody some guys from that, that group, that, yeah. That somebody could emerge. Yeah. Um, Potential, but it's all of a sudden there's a lineup that doesn't feel so bad. And like I we have every reason to trust the depth, the organizational depth we have in starting pitching. Yeah. Every reason to trust that. And a bullpen that quite frankly has a lot more heat and juice in it than last year's did. Yeah. Uh you forget about Karen Jack, uh, who was yeah. who was fucking smoking guys in spring training. Mm-hmm. He was great last year. Uh and has nice uh uh, uh strikeout celebration, little finger guns. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching. By the way, uh, if, if you're getting excited about uh, uh, spring training, my one recommendation to uh, Cleveland Sports Hour listeners is Pitching Ninja is a great follow on Twitter. Amazing. Fantastic follow on Twitter. He just does – he just takes clips of pitchers throwing and he, he throws trail things. And I, I know, he just – it's just a wizard with this stuff and it's just a delightful account to follow. You've got to follow that account if you get, want to get back into uh, uh, baseball this year. The coolest thing he does is those overlays yeah. of different pitches coming out where it's the exact same motion and you see where the ball, the ball goes. Oh, it's oh, incredible. To- it's, totally different directions. It's, it's hilarious. Awesome. It's very, really very cool account. follow. It's really a good funny. rack. So I'm – you know – Listen, the the Frankie thing is hanging over everything Indians yes. for sure. Yes, and I'm mad. Yeah, like everybody too. should be. I still I feel like there's a sliver more hope now. And maybe this is me being foolish that we would sign him. If there was uh, the fact the fact that Lindor is is still hanging around and saying I want to stay uh, tells me that like he may not hold us to the like the market rate. He's, but, but he's not going to give us a discount, right? You know what I mean? Like, if, if yeah, get although he's... In the rest of the league, he, like, he'd rather stay with us, but we have to reach a certain threshold. Yes, and, and I think that's probably $300 million. Yeah, which is, Jesus Christ. Honestly. Uh, which the Indians are never going to do, which sucks. But, like, I don't know. Would they do 250 And would he agree to that? That's still, I feel like 250 is too more than the Indians would, would ever spend. But it's if, everything they've indicated is that it is. And honestly, my, I think I'd re- I don't want to trade him. No, no, no. I want to ride them out. Uh, I want them to try and make the make the World Series. And what's infuriating is that if you're – okay, if I grant you you don't have the Indians ownership, you don't have the money to really pay him what the market can pay him, this is the time to be investing money in the team. You have yes. a generational Hall of Fame caliber shortstop. Spend some money around it. Like this yes. is the time – like the payroll, it's down to $90 million this year I think. It should be up in the 110, 120 range now. 
And then if you want to pair that off after Frankie's gone and rebuild, all right, I don't like it, but okay, I sort of get that. But don't cheap out now. I mean, Maddie, wasn't ninety million like our payroll in the nineteen nineties? Yeah, it feels like it, doesn't Jesus it? Jesus Christ, it's twenty years ago, and we're, and we're uh, <laughs> that's really frustrating. And I mean, that is the most infuriating thing. Now is the time to spend. Who would you have liked to see us sign that we didn't sign this year, this off season? Boy, that's a good question. I mean, it's it's bats, right? Um, I would have loved to have gotten uh, um, uh, what's his name back or uh, the Cuban. Um, I, I'm blanking right now. Puig. Puig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's he's yes. That's a that's a marginal piece, though. I think you know. I think if we're going to spend, I'd rather have my heights, my eyes set a little higher than that. That's um, he was just fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, that's but that's somebody. I, he still had not signed with a team, by the way, when that's spring true. training so ended. Right. So he was that. just out there there's so you know perhaps there's other issues there um yeah who would you like to have seen us sign god i'm blanking on the i mean the real answer is we should have re-signed brantley for the contract he got two years ago yeah uh with the you know we could have topped that by a million dollars and he was still under market rate um that that would have been great um so I'm blanking. There's a there's a bunch of outfielders that ended up signing basically one year deals. Mm-hmm. Um, Ozuna, who was with you know was with the Marlins for a long, Marcelo Ozuna was with the Marlins for a long yeah. time, and then with the Cardinals last year. Right. Not great, but like would have been an upgrade yeah. over everything we had and have mm-hmm. currently. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I'm sorry, audience. I'm totally blanking. But there's like there's we weren't going to sign any of the big. The big yes, guns, yeah. clearly, right? The same thing that prices us out of Frankie prices us out of all all those guys. But there is like that middle class of uh, MLB player that's getting squeezed right now. That's mm-hmm. all signing one year deals and hoping to prove it. That we're just too rich for our blood. Yeah. I wish we'd done one of those. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I'm going to get my my uh, irrational optimism hat, it's that um, we made that trade with Kluber to, to to save money, and they even said like part of this is because of flexibility uh, financially, and then we didn't spend any money, so that's weird, right? Yeah, we, we do this trade to get all this money, and we haven't used it, so that's weird. But then two, you know, we we closed off our negotiations with with Frankie. Maybe what they're trying to do is see if they can get the answer out of this group of of outfielders. Sign those guys up and go. Okay, good. We're set here at this this level of money. Now we can commit more to Frankie, and, and maybe that's what this is for. I mean, that that's my pie in the sky bullshit uh, wish. So, I hope. I mean, because Frankie's gonna be good for so long. It's like, why not just do it? And yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's infuriating. I. <sighs> I mean, the fact that they didn't deal him. I part of that means I don't think they liked the offers they were getting. Right. Like the return for Mookie Betts was not adequate to me. Like, just hold on, hold on. Like, which is so weird that the Red Sox couldn't afford Mookie Betts. That's weird. I mean, that's you know, and that there's a good piece in the ringer that sort of put the lie to that. Yeah, that the money is not that was bullshit. What, they, what was their issue? They just didn't like it. I mean, it was money. It was saving money, but they don't need to save money. It's yeah, it's, I, it's crazy. It's un- unacceptable. If I was a, I'd be out of my mind if i was a red sox fan even more than than i'm going to be about the frankie thing God, for sure. uh oh you know who else um donaldson oh yeah josh donaldson would have been great he got four years and that's probably too much that's but too like much. him going to the twins is a real son of a bitch oh god they have so many mashers now it's this is all home run book it'll be yeah. nice it'll be nice if they were if they if if the twins have to play an entire season with the with a, a non-juice baseball that, that would be helpful 
Yeah. I mean, that would mean us doing it too, though. We had a lot of guys. No, that's true. But but the Twins' offense was almost entirely based on their historic home run rate, and their it was their historic offense that that helped them run away with the Central. Uh, that ball disappeared in the playoffs. Interestingly. Uh, yeah. and, and if you guys haven't been following, it's like demonstrably true. There's clearly a juiced baseball. We don't know what they did with it. We just know that mathematically the home run rates are are way elevated all last year compared to the previous year compared to other baseball leagues where they haven't changed the, the ball. And then they fell off a cliff in the playoffs. Uh, it's it's very clear that the, the MLB quietly experimented with a new baseball to increase the home run rate. And I hope they get rid of that. I think it's stupid. Like there's plenty of home runs and and and, and uh, you know, we don't need to be changing the game like that. Uh, and, and honestly, they, they're probably due to regress anyway. Yeah. So regression plus uh, a dead ball or a normal ball, I think, makes the twins still in, in our range. But it does suck that they also have a dead. So that I forgot about that. And the other thing um, <laughs> that you know could this is a, a, a sword that could cut both ways is a shorter season means weirder stuff's going to happen too, true, right? So. You know, you could see good, the t- better teams not making the playoffs because just weirder stuff happens in shorter sample size, and that you know that could work to the Indians' advantage depending on what a schedule, how that plays out. I don't know what it's going to mean that shortened schedule if they, they double down on playing within your division. I was just going like, to say, if they maintain I, I, all those games, I, I don't. Hope I just don't know. That. I hope they kill that. Um, I mean, I, I I I think I'm on record in this podcast as saying I I hate the unbalanced schedule more than anything because I am so sick of playing the same teams 20 times even though it really worked to our advantage the last five years take the advantage that's been nice but like it's boring like for example like i only get one opportunity a year to watch the indians when they come to visit new york that's it yeah one time what the fuck they should be they should come twice like this is ridiculous if i'm doing anything that weekend i miss the indians for an entire year it sucks yeah so it's just stupid and i hope major league baseball gets rid of it at least for the shortened season and hopefully longer term because it just it just it makes to me, it makes the in, uh, uh, in-division rivalries boring, you know? Because like, they just happen too much. They happen too much all the time. You're tired of playing them. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind if it was, like, slightly weighted by a couple of games, but, like, it, you play other teams twice as many times as any other, anybody else. It makes no sense. It, it treats the rest of your uh, uh, league like an interdiv- or, uh, you know, interleague play almost, like the, the – yeah. The East You're essentially and, playing the whole rest of uh, the league the yeah, same the number National of times league you play the four teams the, in your division. The American League East, you're playing them about, about the same. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But I think it's stupid. Um, anyway, uh, anything else you want to add on baseball before we shift to the Browns? No, let's talk Browns for a couple minutes. So Browns free agency moves. Matty, a whole lot of stuff happened and I was busy working. I still have actually no idea what, what actually happened. Break it down for me. All right. So the Brownies came out. They The... Sort of word on the street was that they were going to be cautious. You know, new GM and Andrew Barry feeling their way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they came out guns a-blazing. Spent mm-hmm. big money the first day of free agency. For I think it was first day free agency um, on offense. I haven't heard that happen before with the Browns. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Turn up, right? It's a lot of jokes about that is Browns won the offseason again. again. <laughs> Can't wait to see how they blow this. Um so the three big offensive moves they made day one were uh, signing uh, Conklin, the right tackle from the Titans, who's young, coming off his rookie contract. Nice. Um, most people felt pretty good about that deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I saw every like B to A grades for it. Basically, I think the worry is some just about his a little bit about his injury history. Right. 
Um, but it seems like reasonable money. He should shore up that right tackle spot. And the theory being that those still draft a left tackle uh, with their top pick in the draft and hopefully really shore up that offensive line. Uh, then they spent money on Austin Hooper, tight end, uh, who was with uh, the Falcons last year. Right. I saw that one. Didn't they? He's the highest paid tight end in the league now, right? Yeah, I think that's that, right. Um, you know, right? that's sort of weird in, in the NFL because the, the salary cap jumps so much every right. year that those position – it's not like nobody thinks he's the best tight end in the league. Um, but good – like good. Yeah. And I think that's sort of their – I've seen varying grades on that signing, depending on how people feel about Hooper and reads on like how he did in single coverage versus zone coverage. Some thought that he like accumulated a lot of garbage time touchdowns that made his stats look better than they were. So what, what do we think we'll about, see? What does it mean for Joku? Uh, Cause he was drafted by this regime basically, right? Barry and yeah, yeah. company. So sort of unclear what it means. There's some people that, that uh, thinks Stefanski likes to run a two tight end set. Okay, and also likes a fullback. They went out and traded for a fullback that day from uh, the Broncos. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and actually, I remember uh, uh, when when um, uh, when Kitchens was doing a good job with with, with Baker. We had a lot a lot of t- t- two tight end sets in that, yeah. uh, in that second half so, of the year. So there is some thought that like that's what they're going to line up with is um, two tight ends: Joku and Hooper, Landry and uh, and Beckham. And then a whole lot of Chubb and Hunt with a fullback out of the back. You know, I, I don't know. So there's there's like folks that are like this this offense. You know, I feel stupid saying it because that's what we thought last year, right? Um, the, the offense, <laughs> right, should be good. So it's, that's basically the most analysis I've seen. Of seen like, yeah, this is great. The question mark is still the question. The two big question marks are still the two big question marks, which is what is Stefanski like as a head coach, and can he make an offense work doing what he's doing, and is Baker a good QB. Yeah. Uh, and that's really going to make it like the tools are there. The offensive line definitely should be better. We have more weapons on offense. Um, so let's, let's go answer those questions. Defense. Uh, you know, they, the big moves were letting the guys go that were their free agents. So Kirksey, uh, Schobert, 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 Schobert <laughs> the great composer and, uh, and Randall, um, all let go. Oof. Kirksey signed with the Packers. Okay. Uh, for not a ton guaranteed. Uh, Schobert signed with Jacksonville for basically, I think it was like a five year deal, but I think it's just the first two are guaranteed at about uh, like 11 million a year. Huh. Okay. There's people who wanted, they didn't resign them. So that's, you know, they've, they've got holes on defense and they made a bunch of signings. Um, but who are guys who would, could be like spot starters or okay, or a slot corner. Um, Didn't we let, but uh, not wait, Olivia Vernon. Is, is he still on the, on the team? Still on the team. There's still time to sort out what's going to happen with him. They still think maybe they could let him go. One of the guys they signed actually is, uh, this dude, Andrew Billings, who's a defensive end from, who's in Cincinnati last year. Mm-hmm. Who they think could fill in on the line and sort of step in if, if they let Vernon go, which Jeez, again is, seems like a possibility. That trade is obviously not looking great, right? What a disaster of a trade! We traded a, a highly regarded guard, right? Yep. Uh, for a dude that did not show up, he was hurt a lot last year, but he didn't really make an impact when he wasn't hurt, and now yeah. he's like, and uh, might just be gone. That was Jesus. yeah, not looking great. So 
th- what they have done is decided that they're just gonna, there's it was all one year deals that they signed uh, guys on the defense for. Mm-hmm. They'll obviously they'll keep trying to supplement that. Uh, obviously, they'll target some guys in the draft. Um, and the thinking I've seen is that what they're really doing is trying not to spend money there because in the next couple of years they're going to have to lock up long term. Um, Garrett. Yep. Um, Potentially Baker. Okay. Uh, what's his face? Yeah, the defensive tackle too uh, uh, that was yeah, drafted yeah. the same year. Um, yeah. Um, and then the year after that, Baker, Chubb, mm-hmm. Denzel Ward. So they're they're trying to keep some powder dry to, to shore up those guys, which seems smart to me. So in general, the analysis has been like he like he did smart things, shored up the offense in the way they needed to. There's questions on defense, um, but there's still some more stuff they can do. The safety, I'm blanking on his name, the safety uh, from Minnesota, who Stefanski knows from being in Minnesota, got franchise tagged Okay, um, and maybe still could deal. I think they wanted a second-round pick, which would be too rich for our blood. Yeah. But if that gets talked down to a third-round pick, that's mm. possible. Um, so we'll see. I, you know, I think there's re- – the read I've heard is that um, the current regime is realistic about the Browns' talent level. And probably doesn't think it's a Super Bowl team right now. And it's like, let's have regular growth towards being a sustainably good team. And that means probably not pushing all our chips in this year. Right. But enough to be. And that's not to say they don't think they should win. They should be better than 6-10. and ten, um, But it's like, let's not go bonkers and preserve something that can last. Which I think is smart. I, that, so- that all sounds reasonable. Uh, as well as the... Uh, uh observation that the Browns will find a way to blow it no matter what. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it goes without saying. Uh, now, the draft is coming up. I don't know if it's going to still happen. It's like in April, right? It, I just I think they might I think it's it. I think it's a go. I mean, they're not going to do... I can't remember where it was. Was it Vegas, Vegas this year? Vegas was supposed to be. They had, they had, I mean, if I remember, they had a ridiculous like setup like where people would get on a boat to go to get their... Oh, I hadn't seen that. But... I, I saw some design like that. It was crazy. Uh, uh, but so they may... I've heard they may drop that and just do a, a no crowd uh, draft but still televise it. Yeah, I th- that's my guess because the NFL miraculously still like they got a ton of headlines for free agency, right? That yep. was, they got a lot. That was sports news yep. for that week. So yeah, I think they'll, they're going to want to steer into that. They're sort of the only thing going. Um, so I'm, that would be my guess is that the draft happens as scheduled. They just do it like maybe with nobody there, but but representatives right. from the t- or actually maybe nobody there. Period. I don't know. There's no reason to fly players in they could just have them join from oh, home not, on their webcams right yeah. yeah and not even players i mean the organizations yeah yeah like sense. not just folks will call in their calls to the commissioner office like he'll come up to the podium for the television and do it they'll flash to players wherever mm-hmm. and honestly they were already starting to do a lot of that outside of the top guys yeah. like you know there was a ton of reaction of people sitting at home and having a youtube channel up and just and they doing just, yeah they should just totally lean into that just, and just yeah. play with that <laughs> And just have it, uh, you know, as you love, Patty. It's a producer's event now. That's right. Love it. Yeah. It's like my, my job now. Um, but now, so the Browns, the, the consensus I read going into the draft uh, before free agency started was that the Browns were going to draft, it's a tackle-rich draft off the top, right? Mm-hmm. Four or five, like, top ten talent tackles, which is great for us because we need a left tackle. We still don't really have a left tackle unless you want to bring back Greg Robinson. And he was... I, yeah, I don't know. It's not good enough. Isn't there a chance he's in jail? 
Oh God, I did not see that. <laughs> Jesus, he got caught bringing a, a lot of pot over the border. <laughs> I think it was over the border. He definitely got caught with a lot of pot in his car. So even if he doesn't get punished, uh, the league will probably come down hard on him. Because uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so we still need. A left they need tackle. a left tackle. So do we draft that up top, or do we do we uh, trade back? Because we need all these defensive spots filled. Yeah, I don't. I, seems like it's open. Like yeah. if they stick at the spot, most people think they're going to take a left tackle, um, and the guys they like should be there. On the other hand, if it's that rich, can you trade drop back. down and get it? Get it in the second yeah. round. Trade back in the first round. If yeah. somebody wants to come up to get a quarterback or something, mm-hmm. that's up mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I suspect they'll be. They're going to have to play that by ear. Yeah, got a lot of. Money but they're they have minutes. to come out of this draft with a tackle. Yeah. Sure. And they want that guy to be the tackle that's going to be there for a long time. Exactly. So this is a case where I feel con- like if their guy they want is there at 10, they should just Let's not just fuck around yeah. and take him. Yeah. And lock him in. Because that's such a nice thing to have that you can, to set and forget the left tackle spot. Oh, my God. Still mad. We got Joe so Thomas spoiled by Joe Thomas. And like it's the, uh, still the so carousel there has been punishing since he he's left still be playing right now it's so frustrating i know although he is living his best life <laughs> he maybe. is having the time of his life uh yeah i can't blame him uh but still it sucks it's a bummer like the team would have been good now with him ah, God, i know I see joe thomas in a good team we don't deserve nice things patty that's that's what we learned <laughs> as browns fans that that would have been a nice thing we don't exactly. deserve that all right uh, any other thoughts you want to share on the browns before we wrap this up no let's you know let's Patty, let's do this again. We're going to be locked up for a time. Long let's, period of time. Let's do it again. I think once we get a little new, either the draft or there's news about when sports are going to start up again, or mm-hmm. let, let's we can figure out something weird to do. Let's do that. I, I, I love it. Maybe we uh, uh, I don't know, do something around uh, the game se- game seven uh, yeah. or something like that. So, so yeah. it's again, reminder to everyone listening, uh, again, next Saturday, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. A communal screening of Game Seven of the 2016 NBA Finals, uh, and yeah, maybe Maddie and I'll fuck around and figure out a way to do a. Uh, we, I mean, we tried this. Uh, I feel like uh, back in 2016 or 2017, where we tried to like, oh uh, yeah, do a Mystery Science Theater 3000 style rewatching of it. I don't know that it worked. <laughs> I think we did it the day after the championship. <laughs> that, that makes that makes sense. Uh, when we did that like six hour podcast, I think rewatching the game was that, a part that, of that. Yes, that may have been what happened. <laughs> Uh, maybe we can do something, Maddie, where we like uh, if if no if, if you and I watch the game while doing a podcast and we just record our reactions to it, and you just you just time your watching of the game, and you can put us on the background and hear our commentary throughout the game. That might be a good oh yeah, annotation. that's nice. We try some. I like that. that. So but yeah, we'll definitely do uh, uh, more podcast uh, as you guys are all sheltering at home uh, like the rest of us, and we try to survive without sports. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that does it for the Cleveland Sports Hour. Uh, until next time, this is Maddie and Patty saying, Not bad, Patty. A little rusty. A little rusty. Here's some Indian fever to, to, to carry you guys out. All right. Fire with everyone. Indian fever. Racist. This is just so bad. Just racist. Do you know what year this is? Indian fever.
I had to look it up. It feels like 60s. It's not just the very first inning. Oh, later than six months. That's Samson stuff? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 